All right, everybody. Just hanging out. Uh, you and me. Corey had to take a break. Um, what do we want to talk about, everybody? Uh, my daughter's been watching Gabby's Dollhouse recently. Um, it, it gives off big, like, modern Blue's Clues vibes. Um, it's all about cats. There are a lot of cats. Um, there's a pillow cat and a fairy cat. Um, there's a car cat and a cupcake cat. Um, there's a mer cat. There's a craft box cat. It's made out of like pipe cleaner and cardboard. Um, there is a DJ cat, um, whose name is DJ catnip for short, but his full name is Daniel James catnip. Um, and I didn't love his character at first, but having watched through a number of episodes, I think he's the best character in the show. Um, and his music slaps booty. Um, it's very good. I like it. It's very like radio pop and, you know, it is what it is, but there are much worse songs out there. Um, yeah. Hey everybody, welcome back to Arcade Cozy, the coziest game room on the internet. Uh, my name is Chris. My name is Corey. And this, Corey, is episode number 25. I knew this 25. time. Nice. I did it. Yeah. You 25. Finally rent a car without <laughs> can, ridiculous insurance. Oh, look at that. We can rent a car. We're, I mean, we're a quarter of the way to 100. That's pretty, wow. that's pretty exciting. I feel like, it's pretty nice. Yeah. 25, I feel like is kind of a, mi- a milestone in a way. Like, I agree. I, I mean, four different things, but I feel like in the podcasting world, I mean, 25 is virtually half a year. I mean, we've been going for that is for a while. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, wow. I had not thought of it like that. That's a yeah. good point. We have been doing this for about, yeah, I guess five, six months now. Yeah, we missed a couple of episodes. Um, well, if you're listening holidays. to this, you know, you're listening to this uh, as it releases, you know, uh, yeah, last week, missed an episode, had to, had to push this discussion back, you know, life, life comes at you and you just gotta, gotta roll with the punches, Corey, you gotta, yeah. gotta no, do things happens, a little bit differently, but, yeah. uh, it's no sweat off our backs, hopefully yeah. it's no sweat yeah. off your backs, listeners, but, uh, yeah, yeah, eh, they they were probably moist with anticipation, I would, uh, <sighs> I would imagine. Well. Mm, that's a real word for it. <laughs> <laughs> but Corey, today, um, we we let up with this a few weeks ago. Um, yes. You, you have finished, it, it's it's a funny time, you have finished Yakuza Like a Dragon, a game that yes. you've been kind of piecing around for a little while. I am coming to a close on Lost Judgment, which is also basically a Yakuza game. So we're going to talk some Yakuza. Um, yes, we are. We're going to talk about some other stuff too. Microsoft had a had a thing happen. They, um, they did. They did do a thing, a pretty <laughs> big thing. So we're going to just have a couple of points. I mean, we're we're maybe not the best equipped to like really dig into the nitty gritty on that, but we you know we obviously have a few we'll things to say. So on it. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Corey, um, you want to you want to talk some yakuza? <laughs> do I want to talk some yakuza? <laughs> <laughs> so. So leading to lead this off, um, you know, we, I think we kind of brushed on it whenever we mentioned it. Um, 
we're we're gonna we're gonna do non-spoilery lost judgment talk um Mm -hmm. and then go into spoiler heavy um like a dragon talk um so there'll be tags we'll say it alarms all that kind of stuff um if you don't want to be spoiled on like a dragon and it'll be easy to kind of skip around that, but don't have any worries. Lost judgment. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. So, you know, just kind of listen at your, at your peril in certain sections and just uh, be aware. But yeah, Corey, uh, judgment. Let's start it off. Um, Corey, what, what do you know about, judgment about the the judgment games is duology um i don't know a ton outside of they are essentially spinoffs of the yakuza series kind of set in the same world but um at different like time points throughout yeah i mean honestly yeah i i should actually look that up um yeah, so the Judgment Games, I think the first Judgment game came out in 2018. Um, and then the second one just came out last year. Um, okay. I don't know. So we can kind of, I'll mention this once we get into Like a Dragon discussions because I'm sure it'll come up. But um there i don't think in the original judgment there's much context as to like when it takes place in the whole like timeline of everything um but lost judgment very obviously takes place after like a dragon um not far in the future or anything but like they're it's basically like they they exist close enough together where you know you um yagami the main character takayuki yagami and like Kazuma Kiryu or Ichiban could run into each other on the streets. I mean, it's that close together, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically a, what if Ace Attorney, but Yakuza, like it's same, same place, same environment, but I mean, even, and maybe even less so what if law and order SVU, but now Yakuza is, is probably a little bit more, um, because like, you know, Ace Attorney really goes hard on the collection gathering and a lot of the courtroom stuff. Judgment's a little bit less that like it does have some detective type of stuff and it's a lot more crime forward, but it definitely feels like it's more, you know, it's more about the action beat them up. Like you're the, you're the rough and tumble street cop and you're um, kind of on that, kind of on that. And bad cop. Yeah. But well, and I mean, and that's the thing. So, so the judgment games, the Yakuza games for anybody who's, you know, listening to an episode about Yakuza and doesn't really know what's going on. Um, it'd probably be worth kind of, uh, talking about it a little bit, but like the Yakuza games are very kind of aimed around like urban Japan, um, Yakuza crime life, but kind of in a jokey, um, kind of in a big, like, not, not in a jokey way. There's a lot of like serious stuff that happens, but in a very like kind of goofy way, you yeah, know, there's a panty thief and there's right. Like there, there are all of these things that kind of happen that, that really do kind of break up the tone. Um, and judgment was kind of created as this, like, again, kind of more crime centric, like still has Yakuza characters in it. 
Um, the Yakuza still play heavily in the story. Um, you're still running around a lot of the same environments. Okay. Um, but it's more crime focused. And the main character of Judgment is used to be a lawyer, is now a detective. So yeah, has kind of that up. background. Okay. Um, but yeah, Lost Judgments. Uh, I've been playing recently. I'm finishing up with it. Um, not quite done. Um, I was hoping to finish it up before Pokemon Legends Arceus came out, which that comes out this week. Right. Um, I, yeah, I think the the main story I could have probably finished a long time ago, but I got kind of caught up in some of the side stuff and just didn't. Yeah. Um, so may not get there, but who knows? Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I feel like I haven't enjoyed lost judgment quite as much as I did the first one. Like the first judgment I really, really enjoyed. Um, the story was very, um, very compelling. The characters and a lot of their, that kind of like, you know, because, um, Yagami's character has a lot of connections in a lot of different areas. He used to be a lawyer. So he has connection to lawyers. He's a detective now. So he has connection to cops and detectives. He like, basically was kind of like an adopted son to a Yakuza patriarch. So he has connections to Yakuza characters. Yeah. Um, And so there is a, like there, there's a very wide and very interesting cast of characters. Um, Lost judgment to me feels a little bit like less like the story. The main story still is like incredibly compelling. It's, you know, the, the story of it being like it, it starts out and there is a man who is arrested. He was, he's a, an active cop who is arrested for groping a woman on the train and he's caught. He's filmed like they know it's him, but at his, like in his arraignment, whenever he's, you know, convicted of the crime, he makes a reference to a murder that nobody knows about that occurred at the same time that has like personal connection to him. Um, and so it's this whole thing kind of investigating the like investigating this groping case while at the same time investigating this murder case of this other character and like how they are potentially connected and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so it's, compelling like it's an it's a really interesting story um the knock for me largely was just you i feel like a lot of the really interesting characters from the first game um don't really show up so much anymore so i mean it would be kind of like you're playing yakuza like a dragon 2 and nanba and adachi and some of these characters you've really come to know are just kind of like they you run into them once at like a bar Mm, or something and like they really don't play much of a role in the actual story. Um, they're just kind of pushed to the side that we're already. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's probably a little like doing some of it a disservice because a lot of them do kind of pop up regularly, but most of the characters you're interacting with, are like newer it feels like um and they're good but it does feel like you know it's it's much more present plot forward and a lot less like the history and everything that was the last game so you're not really digging into anybody's past it's just this is now this is where we're going um but 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I do realize that I miss, uh, like a dragon's, uh, combat turn-based combat stuff. Too. Um, you know, I know some people don't love it, but the, uh, the, like the beat em up stuff is just kind of, it's filler to me. Like yeah. it, it's not really anything super compelling. Um, but yeah, the, it actually, and, and I think I mentioned this to you, but um, a sizable portion of the game takes place in a gene show. So there is right. like, yeah, you're, you're like, you were coming across uh, Yokohama, Liu Mong, you're right. coming across like Gomi Jewel, you're coming across whole, like all of them. Right. Um, and there are actually like a couple of cameos. Well, at least one cameo that I can remember off the top of my head of a main character from your party that shows up in lost judgment. Um, uh, no, um, well, we, I, I can mention it once we, once we get into the, the, um, it's one of the more spoilery ones. Um, but it's the, yeah, I mean, it's, I think like, I'm really glad that it exists. I know, there, I think there was like a licensing issue or something that kind of has gone on that's probably going to keep more judgment games from happening in the future. Interesting. Um, I th- yeah, I think it's something to do with the main actor's likeness, the agency, like his agency doesn't want to, uh, to license i don't know i i don't really understand it super well but essentially like you know the agency that represents the primary actor is giving the studio a hard time and probably won't let him do future games um so it's kind of a you know more than likely lost judgments the last one but um it's very good i've enjoyed it um i think it's worth playing if you are into yakuza games um and it also has um, cause this is another big thing. Like I feel like Yakuza games have a l- large range of content that like you can get into, you know, I, I imagine there are some people who do everything, but Yakuza games by and large strike me as here is a bunch of stuff that you can do if you want, but it's all pretty beefy enough to where if you just kind of pick and choose, you still feel like you get a full game out of it. Um, so lost judgments, no different. I mean, it has side quests, it has collectibles, it has, you know, like crafting stuff and it has races and it has all these kind of things. Um, but I feel like in a lot of like the Yakuza games, they always have like this big tent pole side activity. Um, in Yakuza zero, it was, uh, Kiryu had his like real estate management okay. thing. Majima had a girls club that he was managing. Um, okay. Like a dragon has Ichiban holdings. Right. Um, and with Lodge judgment, it's kind of like, a. it's actually, and this is the thing that's been holding me up from finishing it because I've gotten really into some of the stuff. Um, very early on into the story, you are, investigating this you take on a client and are investigating some bullying claims at a high school in a gene show and so you're there and you eventually kind of like a side activity presents itself where you can function as an advisor to a mystery club and essentially that kind of opens the door if you pursue down that line 
that there's this mysterious shadowy figure who's essentially like leading kids astray, like, you know, helping them cheat and helping them like pull off like Tanya Harding level uh, hit jobs on other kids and and just all this kind of stuff. And so you're essentially like the big, the big arc of it is you are trying to figure out who this is and track them down. And to do that, you end up acting as like an advisor or some sort of like, you know, supplement advisor to these different clubs all over the school. So like you have your mystery club and they're kind of like the home base of things, but you go to like a dance club and you go to an esports club and you go to a boxing club and you go to like a biker club. And, um, and the interesting thing about it is that all of them play, have their own play style. So, I mean, like the dance club is basically a rhythm game. Uh, the boxing club is a full on like fight night, you know, three quarter view Mike Tyson yeah. punch out type fighting. Good game. stuff. Um, yeah. The biker club's like a racing thing and the skateboarding club is kind of like rudimentary Tony Hawk. And, um, there's a robot club that does like, that's basically like a strategy game all of a sudden. Okay. Um, it's, and it's really like, it's all like small little bits. So like none of them are all that big. Um, but they all kind of join whenever you complete that arc, it kind of gives you a piece to the puzzle to figure out like who this big person is. So it's all part of this grand arc. Um, but it's been interesting. Like it's, it is kind of weird to see, um, there's cause a lot of that, like you get out of the, the high school kind of environment in the story at some point. Um, but it is kind of strange, like being in there later on in some of the side activities because like they do um, early on in the story, but also later on in some of the side activities. I mean, it's pitting you up against like high school kids to fight. It's like, okay, I'm going to mm, like, yeah, we're going to fight. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this, this feels weird. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, like in a lot of those cases, it'll be, Hey, here are six, 17 year olds coming at you with bats. Like, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Um, but it is kind of, it is kind of a strange thing, whatever you see it in that environment. And, um, and I think like some of that, and I think that that's kind of the hard thing to balance is like, some of that is like some of the just humor of the series, like the, the games in general have kind of like an absurdist sense of humor and like there'll be a dude in his underwear, just like, you know, thrusting on like a corner of a street or like somewhere over here. Like there's always like weird stuff happening. Um, so it kind of suspends outside of that. Um, but there, I, you know, it, it is a thing where I feel like whenever you're a Western kind of, you're a Western raised person coming into some of those things where like, it's a, it's a world where like there are made cafes and like girls clubs and just all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it's, it's a different culture and a different society. And when you're adding on top of that, like here are all these cultural elements that are then also made absurd. Like it, it can make it a little bit weird (laughs) to kind of process. Um, but I mean, I think, if you are a lover of crime stories and uh, I mean, I, I told my wife, like my, my wife loves law and order. I was like, you should play judgment because it's legitimately, <laughs> it's, it's basically SVU Japan. Um, mm-hmm. Not going to lie. <laughs> like, um, 
so yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's worth playing. Like I, um, liked it, liked it less than the original judgment. I think the original judgment is very much worth playing. If you love the okay. original judgment, um, also play lost judgment. Cause it's kind of more of the same. It's, you know, another good story and it's just, you know, more of that kind of stuff. Um, but it's definitely, you know, especially if you like the Yakuza games, I think it's worth, worth checking, checking out. I might just do that. I did have a yeah. phase, I guess, between freshman and sophomore year of college that summer where I watched a lot. And I mean, a lot of SVU. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so hold on. I have to sneeze. <coughs> oh, bless. Oof, sorry. No. And so sitting here and then, I mean, like a dragon has all that weird, not all that weird stuff, but those like interesting, like quirks. Yeah, to it throughout. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've looked at it a few times, and I think it'd be something I'd really like, especially coming off of Like a Dragon. It is on the list. It's in like the backlog, yeah. but it's one of those things also where I'm sitting here like, when am I going to play this? Like, Sifu isn't. Well, yeah. so Arceus is in two days, Sifu's yep. in what, two weeks? And then Forbidden yep. West is in a month. Yep. Less than a month now. Yeah. And then Elden Ring is a week after that. Mm-hmm. And then we have a uh, Project Triangle Strategy or just Triangle Strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, the list goes on. There's Teeny Tina's Wonderland, which also, <laughs> or Tiny <laughs> Tina's, or however it's supposed to be. How, however you want to say it, it, it either or. I've um, heard it both ways. Also, um, they're releasing a demo for the PlayStation monthly games of it as a like a one shot oh. is what they're calling it. Okay. Very um, nice. February, which I'm very okay. excited for. Yeah. And then there's four. Oh yeah. The, um, the assault on yes. dragons keep, which yes. was a, yeah, that was a, um, was it borderlands two DLC? Um, that was originally like a DLC okay. thing that I think had to be played with the game, I did but that's what the entire, like, Tiny Tina's mm-hmm. adventure was based on was that oh, kind okay. of like concept. Well, um, that's so I, I saw, I did see that too. And I thought that was really interesting that yeah. they were um, kind of bringing that over. Then there's Forspoken after that. And then yep. who knows what else is coming. So yeah, it might be who knows? Like a, the- a fall game, but it's there on the list. Yeah, It is on my list. It does help that the, um, I think the main story in judgment, you can finish up in like 20 hours. Oh, that's not um, bad at all. Yeah. It's significantly shorter than the Yakuza games. Okay. Um, yeah, I like I said, I-, I mean, I'm, I'm probably hitting around like the 30 hour mark right now and I'm almost, I'm in the last chapter of the story. I'm finishing up the school stuff. So like, you know, I'm, it, tax on a fair bit of time like to tackle some of the side content um but yeah i mean if it is something where you're just like hey i want to see the story thing is really interesting 20 hours um i think the original judgments may be like in like slightly longer it may be like 25 but it's um yeah i mean it's all in that range it's it's not the you know 70 hours that you're putting into like a dragon so yeah i wrapped so i mean my playstation wrap or how the year-end thing came in. Yep. And um, it came in, I hadn't finished Like a Dragon, but it was at 51 hours when I got it. And okay. And I think once I uh, finished, I was probably sitting at the 58-hour mark for Like a Dragon. Okay. 
So fun fact. Um, actually haven't shared it on any of my social media, yeah. but I finally um was able to was able to see my, my PlayStation <laughs> wrapped. It took like five or six days. Like it just it was giving me like it was sending I mean apparently it was really common, yep. but it was sending me like this error thing, just like there was um just I couldn't access it. Um but yeah, Yakuza Like a Dragon was on my list as a I apparently put in 81 hours. Um do you know what game I put in one more hour? Nino than like a Dragon. Nino Cooney, Wrath of the White Witch, number one game played on 2021. It was my number what? It was my number three for me. Really? <laughs> it was I, I finished it at 65 hours. Okay. So yeah, I had 82 like hours in Nino Cooney. I had 81 in Like a Dragon. Tales of Arise was also on there. Mass Effect and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah, I had, there. A, had 100 hours in Valhalla. That was my number one. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I, because I, I split, I played like half of Valhalla um, last f- or like in fall of 2020. And I yeah. came back to it. And um, so it probably would have been higher had I like played all that at once. But the biggest shocker for me, um, I played three hours online. That was, wow. <laughs> that was it. I think I started that um, online, but that's that's my pro clubs team that I play with. Yeah, in fall guys and fall yeah, guys. I mean, it's kind of like I was I was expecting whenever I was thinking about it, I was like, oh hey, yeah, like I didn't play that much online, but I figured I played something. Which I mean, obviously I did. I played something. I just can't remember what it was. Because <laughs> fall guys. It could have been. I don't. I have no clue because like, I mean, it's the truest dad thing, but it's just like, I mean, it is so much easier to play something that I can pause and set down or put in rest mode immediately whenever I need to than saying, okay, I'm going to play like a 30 minute ranked game of overwatch. Um, or I'm going to like, it's just, I, you know, I'm at that stage, like it'll come back around and I'll be able to like, you know, they'll, they'll be off doing their own thing and I can like do that if I want. But when right now, our I mean, Xboxes because we're going to have to, it's going to be a lot yeah. of Halo hours. Yeah. Halo. Um, yeah. I, you know, Probably okay. So yeah. <laughs> I haven't, so I haven't talked about this, but I am, I'm kind of, so I'm leaning uh, my computer, the computer that I use to record this, my laptop um, they are all almost seven years old. Um, they're like, they're getting up there. Yep. They're fine. They're, they work fine. They're both, um, Apple max. Um, they work well. And the plan has been, um, whenever I need to get another computer to probably just get like a really souped up MacBook pro yep. and use it like dock it to a monitor and that way I, I have like one unified yeah. system. But honestly, dude, like I have, I'm starting to lean a little bit more toward like getting a, getting a souped up PC, like going that route. It. Like, um, just, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a conversation for a different episode. We can dig in on them, but I mean, legitimately like I there's, I, I don't want to like super PC game, but even stuff like, I mean, having that access to like, game pass indies where like 
I can just kind of play it on there or just some of the Steam stuff that I can't play otherwise. I mean, simple stuff like Inscription from last fall yes. never could have played because I it was really PC only. Yeah. Um, and that may end up being the route. I mean, I may still get a digital Xbox, but that may be on, end up being the route that I try to experience some of the like Game Pass content route. that's going to be not sweeping through. So, no, um, yeah, it would just, I just don't, I'm, I've been so far out of the PC ec- ecosystem for so long. I have to use one for work. Yeah. Um, but whenever it comes to personal use, I haven't owned a PC in what, like 13 years. <laughs> So, I've, um, I've never owned a PC. It's always just been my laptop. So, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. So, yeah. Um, but who knows? It's a knows? Xbox is coming for all of us. They're making our game pass is just too good. Just yeah. Too good. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Corey, um, do you want to, do you want to talk about like a dragon? Do you want to tell me some of your thoughts? You've, you've finished it and you have some spoilery discussions to talk about. Yeah. And so here is your, um, we will be going straight into, uh, some spoiler talk on like a dragon here. So if you care to hear it, stick around. If uh, you're playing the game. And don't want to know the ending, uh, skip out. There'll be a timestamp on the episode below where we're going to be talking our thoughts on the Microsoft acquisition. Um, well, Activision acquisition for Microsoft. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just go ahead and skip to that, uh, Mark, because we're going to be diving in you now. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall thoughts. Um, I uh, So I wrapped the game, finished all 15 chapters, and where I had left off was. Um, Chapter 12 is kind of when I started bouncing around to all the other games as we're getting near right. our goatee discussion because I wanted to get uh, more games like played and done that way. One, I could just like play them, but also have an opinion on them as we came into our final few episodes. Um, and honestly, it was probably a good thing um, because chapters 13, 14, and 15 were all just super heavy combat yep. based there's a ton of story in between but it, it was all reveals essentially from whatever all, everything that the game had set up which i had remembered pretty much everything um and like all the mysteries were still pretty much there from the game to when when i came back in it's just like here's reveal here's reveal here's a reveal here's a reveal just so on all the way to the end um but overall, I really, really liked it. Um, I believe in my goatee discussion, I had it at number five, I believe. Um, trying to think. I can't move it up. Yeah, I had number, I had number five. I might would have moved it up to three um, ahead of Deathloop and um, Guardians of the Galaxy. But we're leaving it where it lied because I just came too yeah, uh, yeah but yeah strong ending if not a little tonally all over the place um it makes some very outlandish i think story beats uh, specifically when moving into mirror man um who is an enemy that you fight at some point and then he switches to your side and yep. you pull off it's it's very i'm sitting here like this kind of came out of the left field <laughs> uh, but you know we're rolling with it, yeah. Um, and 
the it the game did one of those things which I kind of appreciate but also don't appreciate it when it's the second to last boss is the like tough boss and the final boss yep. is like a yep. weakling. So you're talking about I can't so it's at the top of the tower you fight the like fisty fisty guy what's his name like Kendo Frendo Bendo Tendo is that what you're talking about Kendo yeah and, and um, so yeah you essentially the last chapter fifteen you go to Millennium Tower Millennium Tower where you fight your way all the way to the top and Tendo is there waiting for you because you've laid this false trail that you have a uh, real uh, Rio Alki, aka Young Master, aka mm-hmm. Arakawa's son, um, yep. who is now the governor. I don't quite understand um, Japanese politics, but yep. essentially he's the most powerful man in Japan, is how yep. it's uh, described. And you've essentially like laid this trail that you have dirt on him that's going to sink him. And you, uh, he sends Tendo there to find it. And you get there, you confront Tendo, and you fight him, and it is a fight and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was probably that was above and away the toughest fight in the game. Um, I didn't go down at any point because I stocked up on items like I never do in JRPGs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did it, and it saved my butt. Um, yeah. You have to. But yeah, you fight him. It's very difficult. And then you fight uh, Rio Alki once he gets there and you get him to like as to his crimes and everything. Then you do this whole big fight with him. And it was extremely underwhelming, in my opinion. Um, okay. But I didn't know what your thoughts on that were. I might have been overleveled. I don't know. But Yeah, I mean, I I think that was kind of the... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the intention was the okay. Rio Aoki kind of, I mean, it's supposed to be more, I don't know, I, I guess because in the, it's a, it's a tough thing because like Arakawa, um, Masato, um, and Rio Aoki, same person, like, you know, they're, um, at the beginning of the game, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're you're aware of kind of all this okay. stuff. But at the beginning of the game, I mean, he is in a wheelchair. Like, he's not a... He is... Events and things happen that allow him to get to the point where he can walk and be a function... Yes. Like, be, like, functional on his own two feet and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, he's not pitched as being this, like, strong person. And I think that's the kind of thing is, like, narratively he has to be the last person. But then, yeah. like, mechanically, yeah, Tendo is, like, you're the the tough guy. Like, he's, he's, yeah, he, he should be the, and so it's, like, it's that battling kind of perspective. I get it. Like, it, it is a, it's a tough thing to kind of have that, but I think it is a thing where um, there's a little bit of satisfaction, I imagine, in being able to just, like, Potentially, I mean, depending on beat where you are, but like beat the living. shit out of yeah, like it is <laughs> Rio Aoki in the. He needs another round of surgery to rearrange his face back on. But yeah, and but also, and I think that there's that's kind of the I imagine that's kind of the the thinking is like you're yeah. building up to that climax, you're beating that last person, and then you're just on that high. Yeah. The narratively, this person hits, and you're just like slamming them straight into the earth. Yeah. Um, like a meteorite. Yeah. Um, it's brutal. I yeah. I kind of loved it. But um, also, but yeah. It was, 
it was such an interesting finish because I mean, again, tonally and narratively, it's everywhere. It is you described it as a soap opera. It is a full on soap opera. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you yeah, I mean, full spo- spoilers here. You learned that um, Arakawa is actually your father, and you yep. learned that um, Captain um, oh, what's his name? Yeah, I know who um, you're. But oh, essentially, Arakawa's number two, the captain, is uh, Masato or Ryo Aoki's father. That's why yep. he joined the Yakuza. And you're like, yep. what? And then it turns, <laughs> it's just like, what? And then, um, you know, there's the whole fake out of all their deaths. And then there's Tendo. You learn that Tendo helps Arakawa. Then you learn that Tendo actually kills Arakawa. Yeah, and, I mean, it's just full on, just twist after twist, full soap opera. And then by the end, you know, you're there to take down Rio Alki, but then it's like Ichiban pleading for him to like repent of his crimes. Yeah. And it's the final cutscene, I think it's probably like 40 minutes, I think, altogether. Okay. Um, it might be shorter. I don't know. It was a long time from when you beat the ever looking shit out of him to when. <laughs> It finally like shows the title card post credits, um, yeah. and shows the theme. Um, but I mean, I loved it. I, I mean, as wacky and crazy and as kind of all over the place it was, it felt fitting for what the game is because it is also wacky, and crazy, and all over the place. Because you are playing a forty-year-old man still fish out of water from the nineties, trying to simply do his best and like help his friends who have helped him. And yeah, it and it very right. much. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, it felt right, and it also didn't feel right. But that's what yep. made it feel more right in the end. Yeah, I think. Yep. So yep. I don't know. It was good. There's still lots of like weird things. Like, what's the bat all about? Granted, I upgraded the bat all the way to where it was just ridiculously OP. But like, yeah, how did the bat get there? Why is this essentially caliber? <laughs> you know. And then there's you can't the, ask those questions. That's yeah, not. No. That's not a, that's not allowed. Well, then I know nothing of the previous Yakuza, Yakuza games, which I now want to go back and play because I believe it's the main character from the original um, games essentially comes in and helps you out for a little bit. But then he also yeah. beats the ever shit out of you. Yeah, um, the the Kiryu fight was probably that one, actually of the might hardest. Been the hardest that actually <laughs> one of the hardest fights. That's one of the hardest fights. Um. He had like four actions a turn, and you're yep. sitting here like, "Please, sir, I didn't deserve <laughs> this." Yeah, he, yeah, him, Majima. Um, I never played some of the middle Yakuza games, so um, the guy, the bald guy with the big parka, I think his name's yeah. Sajima. Um, yeah. he's also one of the main characters in um, like in the three to five range. Like, he's okay. one of your like best friends essentially um but yeah i mean like a dragon leans so much harder into the make-believe aspect and i think that that's kind of because like in the in kiryu's arcs and majima and also with judgment with yagami like it is this thing where it's like it's pitched as this is all like this is all real like you were fist fighting these people and doing these things it's nothing like super over the top whatever i mean it's over the top but it's not it's within the like the physics and the like 
laws of this world, essentially. Um, but like a dragon, I mean, essentially tells you like, hey, this is all in Ichiban's, Ichiban's mind. Head. Like yeah, every, every one of these fights, all of the like m- any sort of monstrous traits, any sort of like magical things are all in his head. And I mean, and I think that that's again, I mean, if if you want to listen to a podcast where there isn't a 30-year-old man on it kind of waxing about existential things, then you need to listen to something else because that's exactly what I'll do uh, week over week. Sure. But like as a as a 30-year-old, like it is a thing where I do kind of vibe with the because I mean like that whole narrative with both of them centers around like Ichiban is very hopeful and optimistic yes. and he has this childlike view of things. But it very much is like these men in their like in the middle of their life having to reckon with very deep things that happened at the very beginning of their life like Mm -hmm. very their early beginnings and like it's not i feel like most games have some sort of backstory or something but like you know so often whenever you have a um you know you think about like a persona where all of the kids are in high school like it's very much of this like save the world for the future, save like all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, thinking to the future, like thinking about what's next, what are we? And it's not that like a dragon doesn't do that. Like taking down Rio Aoki and like saving the future of, you know, what Japan is like all this kind of stuff. Like there is future proofing kind of narrative there, but it is this thing where it's much more introspective and retrospective. Mm -hmm. And it, and it vibes with me a lot as a person who's getting older and like, not that I'm not thinking about the future, but I'm a lot, you know, I'm also finding myself thinking about the past a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, it is a, it's an interesting, I, I, th- I think it's an interesting, like just narrative choice and not really a trend. Like we've seen a couple of them. Returnal also had this and that like Celine was probably in her forties, fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that I do, I would like to see more of just because I think it's compelling. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with having like youthful 20 somethings who are, you know, have this bright future ahead who have had like some skeletons, whatever, but like, you know, get, give me more stories about like a grizzled 40 year old who doesn't understand like Facebook and is trying to like reckon with like who his dad is like, let's, Let's talk about that. Like, yeah. let's have that story. I, th- I think that's, I think that's yeah. great. I mean, like a dragon is, I think, very different from traditional JRPGs where they, like you said, so much focused on like the future, saving the world, and that narrative. And like dragons, more of reckoning with the past and how yep. it's affecting the present here. Like they're yep. they are doing stuff like you said, you know, to help protect the future. But it's so much more of like I need it's dealing with everything that's led to like that point and not things happening and, pe- and reacting as opposed to RPGs. Right. It is. Yeah. No, everything's already happened. You just got to go like fix it. Right. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I loved it. And then in the end, you and, um, Masato essentially like real Alki, this is going to be um, poetic, but also like literal. Rio Alki dies, and then yep. I say that Ichiban and Masato make up. They realize yep. that they are brothers, and that they are not blood brothers, but like essentially 
you know, due to their circumstances are closer than they could ever be um, right. without Masato really knowing. And then the slime ball from uh, Bleach Japan, who's been in yep. a pain. I freaking hate him. Um, <laughs> gosh, what's his name? Honestly, oh. I had completely forgot that Bleach Japan existed until this very moment. <laughs> Despise. Um, I'm having to look it up because I can't remember his name. I've like I hated him so much. Um, but um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh come on! Do you mean like the main one that's chanting yes. in the streets? Yes. Um, um, that is Sota Kume. Kume. Yes. Kume. Kume comes and um, stabs Masato. Masato dies in yep. Ichiban's arms. And oh, yeah, that does yes, happen. That does, it happens right at the end. You're like, oh, wow, this <laughs> is like, about this, that. Well, sitting here, like, oh, this is going to be like set up the sequel. Masato's going to go to jail. There's going to be a sequel. You're going to visit him. There's like a whole thing. But no, they kill him. Um, yep. And again, that's where like the tone was flip flopping because Ichiban's just pleading with him. And it's like, this, this feels like Ichiban, but also it doesn't feel how the narrative has played. But I'm here for it. He's gone, and uh, Kume just plays off to the distance. I'm just like, yep. okay. Uh, they had the funerals for the Arakawas, and like the whole essentially backbone gang of um, Arakawa songs, like crew, they're there. They're like, all right, we got to clean up some more stuff. Ichiban, you in? Because like Ichiban is that dude at this point. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, no, he is like full on. He's a dragon. I like, like the title would say. Um, like he he could really help, and, you know. He's like, I think I'm good. I think I'm gonna stay here and like be with my friends and like really like give back to those who have given to me. And that felt so authentic and so true to like what the character is like. I feel so many other games be like, yeah, this them going on to like bigger and better adventures, and each one's like, I think in his brain and how it's like presented, like, like these are my best friends. I'm like 42. Like uh, y'all can run off and do that. I'm here. I'm going to be with them. Like I just want to live my life. I've lost so much of it for like fighting for other people and doing things like I didn't want to do. But um, I'm going to do what I want to do now. I'm going to be here with my friends. And it's yeah. a very poetic sending of him just almost letting the Arakawa family, you know, move on, but him never forgetting as he like kind of speaks like the last words over and it, it yeah. ends beautifully. And I was just like, that just gets uh, like, this is great. I want more. I want a sequel, but also I don't want a sequel. I just kind of want Ichiban to like live his life and like, yeah, you know, do, do whatever he wants to do. I, I don't, I don't, I want to see more, but I don't want to have for him to have to dip back into that world. I don't want him to have to like go through more trouble and more pain and to fight other people's battles anymore. I want him to just be happy. And so I'm sitting here like, I just want him to be left alone. Like that was a good, good game. There almost just doesn't be a sequel from it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what goes from there. I mean, obviously Kiryu is in, I mean, a billion different Yakuza games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to kind of see is, I mean, because Like a Dragon isn't, I mean, I think it might be numbered in Japan, but at least over here, I mean, it's just Like a Dragon. Um, So it'd be interesting if it does kind of function as like a stopgap to establish the Yakuza world beyond that, um, or if it is something where it is more Ichiban, or, you know, if he's a minor role to somebody else, who knows? Um, I agree, though. I mean, I think... I think Ichiban's incredibly compelling as a character. I really liked him a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to know what that'll look like later. Um, what, I, what I mentioned earlier, um, and you know, this is, I mean, it's, it's spoilers for like a dragon, less so for lost judgment. Um, but a lot of how you can tell, tell where it takes place in the timeline is that it takes place after the disbanding of the Tojo and Omi Alliance. Like um, it's very explicit. Like there is a, there is a group, there is a prominent gang in lost judgment made up of former Yakuza members that are essentially like stray dogs where they, like some of them are just never were Yakuza. They're just like, you know, delinquents, but like a lot of them are, Yakuza disbanded. Where do we go? We're going to create this thing. Um, So it very much, I mean, is a game that takes place after like a dragon. Um, And, you know, at least in, it doesn't really deal with Yakuza politics and stuff like that. Um, Didn't, I mean, to me, didn't really set up what that could look like in the future. Um, It still is just, it's kind of a, an additional stopgap kind of beyond it, kind of establishing that like, yeah, Yakuza are still, um, disbanded, like the Yakuza are trying to figure out what's coming next, what they're going to actually do. Um, because some of the members, like some of the people that you work with, like your partner in judgment is former Yakuza. Some of the members that you work with regularly were in the Yakuza in the first judgment, but aren't now like, you know, there's some of that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, I'd be interested to, See what, see what comes after. Um, at least, I mean, the, the one glimpse that we get of what's happening to the Like a Dragon party afterwards is there is a scene, um, again, light, lightish spoilers for Lost Judgment. I won't give super specifics, but there's a scene where you're interacting with the, the current Yokohama Liumong. Right. Um, and you, one of the lieutenants, like, essentially takes you to this small little restaurant where the food's like yeah. supposed to be really great. And you're having this conversation and in the background, Zhao is doing yeah. the cooking. Like he's, he's making yeah. all the food for you and there's like, but doesn't speak, doesn't have a role to he's just like, doesn't right. He does not, he, he does not have a voiced line. He does not like acknowledge you. It's just like, I mean, they acknowledge him. They say like, oh yeah, his cooking is the best. Like, like it's not yeah. he, like he's just this thing that they snuck in the background, but like, you know, he's not a part of the Liumong anymore and he's just yeah. cooking. Like that's just Maybe he is, what he's doing. It's just him, like he still is the boss. It's like, no, nah, I want to hear what they got to say. I want to hear what yeah, they got to yeah. say. Just yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super into it. I want to, um, and I mean, and this is the, you don't see this very often with game series, but the fortunate thing is like Yakuza 
I mean, we could get another mainline Yakuza game this year. Yeah. Like it, it they come out they that quickly because, right. I mean, like Lost Judgment was a brand new game, but Ijincho is identical. Yeah. The they combat system built. is identical to previous Yakuza games. I mean, they build it. Like if you, if you're coming for like big, massive um, improvements and iterations, like Yakuza is not a series for you, but if you want more of that world and more stories, they keep it coming because they do reuse so much of yeah. what they've created. So they're not building brand new games and brand new cities and whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's possible that there could be a new, like a, like a dragon successor, follow up, whatever it is this year. I think that'd be great. Yeah. I'd be about, it. yeah. Just yeah. Sweet. You but yeah, that's yeah. all I have. Yeah. That is all <laughs> leave, I have. Just leave it him alone. Great. It is a great game. I have this just you played. It is a, I personally, it's a very cozy game. Um, yeah. And yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Well, Corey, we were, we're running long. We were talking a lot about, about Yakuza, but let's talk about a little bit of Microsoft news, sir. Yeah. If you would like. Yeah, no, I mean, I have a, if you're done, if I am done, I know I have a few quick thoughts <laughs> on it. It's just one of the um, huge, huge purchase from Microsoft, uh, buying up, yeah. um, Activision. And what Treyarch? No. So they bought up. They bought up. I think the technical full name is Activision Blizzard King, okay. um, which is made up of um, Overwatch, World of Warcraft. Over, like it's Blizzard, Blizzard's arm of World of, of the Warcraft franchise, Overwatch, Diablo, Call of Duty, um, Starcraft. All of that Activision has Call of Duty, and I think that that plays into like the subcontractors like Treyarch, yeah. and Ravensoft, and Infinity Ward, and yeah. Sledgehammer. I think all of that is under that umbrella. Um, and then King, which is Candy Crush, yeah, um, and other mobile offerings. Um, A but, huge purchase. Yeah, um, yeah, gigantic. I am. Curious to see what's going to happen because they've um, Call of Duty. They've said is essentially they have confirmed that it will be on PlayStation for the next right. three iterations, but nothing beyond that is promised. Yep. And oh, yeah. Sorry, you talk. Give me your thoughts while I work. This. <laughs> so, I mean, I I have a couple of thoughts about like both what what I feel now and what I think could happen down the road. Like what I feel now is that I am always, I'm very hesitant to be excited about a big corporation getting bigger. Like yes. it, it's not like it on the surface. I think it's good for consumers. You know, I mean, pivot over to like Disney, Disney acquiring Marvel and acquiring star Wars and all these things like means you're getting more Marvel content and more Star Wars kind of like it's potentially good for consumers, but it becomes it depend. I mean, it depends on the situation, but it becomes bad on developers potentially. And like further on down the road, it becomes this thing where it's like, you know, because there's, it's being just under one roof, one under umbrella. Like there's, you know, less, there's less diversification and just becomes this big thing of like, let's, let's have everything. And so like, that's kind of my, 
That's my initial gut reaction with it. And that's been kind of my gut reaction with Microsoft buying up all of these other studios too, is, you know, it's for consumers who are under like a, the, who play, who have game pass, like it's great for them because it means like more titles are going to be included on that. Um, it makes it better for them. Um, potentially like makes it better for like some of your favorite franchises because like they're getting more funding and they're getting Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. And like, um, and Microsoft, I mean, has proved to be relatively hands-off in some areas whenever it comes to some of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, like, that's that's good in that, like, they're letting some of the studios have some of their creative um, oversight. The, I mean, the big thing that strikes me is that it, what it seems like is that this is potentially laying the groundwork for whatever will become, like gaming the gaming ecosystem in the future um which very much could be something a la like netflix um because like game pass is a thing like it's a subscription thing but again like it's it's very it's as many games as as are on it it is relatively small um and it has like a lot of stuff available mm-hmm. and there's continued stuff being added but again it's also like it's one platform yep. similar to how like netflix was at one point where it was like okay yep. you know i'm gonna get in on the streaming thing i'm gonna watch netflix well now you have hulu you have amazon prime you have disney plus you have hbo max and go and now and you have like peacock and you have yep. amc and it, like now everybody does it now like what was just kind of this small like kind of thing like this new thing this new way to consume content is now the only way like nobody's nobody's getting nobody's using cable nobody's like whatever everybody's streaming in some capacity and i feel like this potentially lays the ground i mean game pass i think always has kind of like They've been leading been the charge. Signal, signaling, right, leading the charge and kind of like signaling that this may be the direction that things go. Um, but I think even more so, the more acquisitions there are and the more like dominance that they have in showing the value of that is only going to further like incentivize people like you, like this is the sort of thing that we need to adopt. PlayStation, we need to adopt this. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, we need it. And like, I mean, Nintendo does its own thing. They probably, they may never do anything like that. And and who knows with other stuff, but it's, um, you know, I, I could see 10 years from now, like that being perhaps like the primary way of playing games is not even like a, not a physical versus digital sort of thing, but it's like primarily like it's your best way of playing games like just across yeah. the board like you're stupid to buy a game yeah you you need to be like on all of these services steam has their own one microsoft has their own one sony has their own one but like be in on these because this is the way to play games now um and again i mean it's hard to know what that looks like if that's good um you know, I'm not a game developer, but I imagine like when I imagine the, if you're, if I were an indie studio and I were trying to get my game more in front of people, um, kind of like, okay, let, using the Netflix example, if you like make a small little like animated thing and there's not a ton of stuff on Netflix and not a lot of like huge big name stuff that's being promoted on Netflix, 
it's probably a little bit easier to find. But then once Netflix starts coming out with more and more like original content, they're buying up your Seinfeld and your, you know, whatever, all of a sudden you're getting pushed further and further down because like they're really, they want to show off their stuff. They want to show off. And so like I would worry that potentially would go that way with game pass where like right now game pass is kind of a good alternative or a good incentive to for like indie developers to have their game recognized yeah. like put it on here people can just try it for free they can play it they don't have to commit to it they're going to play our game they're going to love it and then like it's yeah. going to convert like fans in the future um but you know is there more big juggernauts that are being under the Microsoft branding, like Microsoft's going to naturally promote their own Mm -hmm. studios and it's going to only grow and get bigger. And I feel like that would be my worry is that it does grow to this point where it's just like, okay, we're really like, if you want to play your Activisions and your, you know, your Bethesda's and your like big name stuff, it's right here front and center. This Mm -hmm. is the best way to play it. But if you want to find the indie stuff, like it's, it becomes harder and harder for Right. Um, that would be my worry. Um, and because I feel like, I mean, obviously neither one of us, we, we both have PlayStation consoles. We don't have gaming PCs. Like we game pass is not something we were actively involved in, but like, that's been the big thing recently has been like game pass seems like it has been the go-to for a lot of like indie developers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in a similar, like the switch has had a similar thing, but like, Game Pass especially, like, it's, you know, you had Death's Door last year. You had, like, a number of these, Halo. like, really big indies. Yeah. And now, like, the big one, like, Nobody Saves the World is, yeah. like, a big indie one that's kind of come out that people are really excited about. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, there's tons of stuff that's just kind of, like, coming up out of nowhere. And it's, like, oh, this game's a banger. This game is yeah. just killing it. Um, and I would worry that that would start to happen less and less so the more giant studios that get pulled under the same umbrella. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to know. I'm, I very much do kind of come from the place where I would rather some diversification and I would Mm -hmm. rather like people be able to make the things that they want to make under their own autonomy. Um, but I get, we also live in a world where like, People need money mm. and to do those things. And <laughs> and that's not necessarily how the world always works. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, what have you been thinking about it? Uh, if, if trying to think is, and so, I mean, we're talking about, uh, specifically with Microsoft and Sony, like two giant billion dollar corporations, both with like, massive amounts of FU money. And so it's yep. it's weird to like put this into like justifications and like pros and cons. But I look at not to be like a um PlayStation Homer in this scenario, but you look at the studios that they partnered with and and or own now. And they are it seems like they are investing in smaller studios to give them funding that they need to stay relevant and continue producing games that people love you know yeah um you know they still have massive massive studios such as you know naughty dog and somniac and uh, studio santa monica that really only produce each of themselves you know six games but huge very successful games 
But then I look at Microsoft, who's buying Bethesda and now this Activision. And these aren't studios that need funding. These are massive, massive studios that are at the forefront of the gaming industry that support themselves like three times over, realistically. And this feels very much as a Microsoft just giving the finger to PlayStation and the whole idea that PlayStation has had exclusives over the years, which has more or less been a detriment to Xbox. But this doesn't feel like a... This doesn't feel good for gaming, because I'm looking at it. Like, you know, yeah. this is just the very the top of the pyramid just expanding their gap that they have on the rest of the right. industry. This, yeah. <clears throat> and again, you know, we're, we are looking at, again, a few money from both sides. So there isn't really, there is no knight you know, shiny armor here. But I, yeah. I don't see this as a success or like a future success for gaming. Because, like you said, it's just going to, Game Pass is now the okay. It's fifteen dollars a month, and I guarantee it's going to be like you're going to get Call of Duty, uh, you're going to get your Overwatch, and like your uh, World of Warcraft, and then it's going to yep. be like your base. All right, give receive our full library now. It's going to be thirty dollars a month or something like that. Yeah, and yep. no one's going to be doing that. And I feel like it's just going to be hurting indie studios um, and who are turning out very good games that just aren't going to be getting. To the forefront. Anyways, it might be backwards. It might be fifteen dollars for this and thirty to get the big ones. Um, but just like looking at it and simple up simple economics of it, what's Microsoft going to want to do? They want their big games to be played the most of, and then you make that as financially feasible as possible. And then from there, yeah. anything else is just icing on the cake. So, yeah. those are just my yeah. thoughts on it. Again, it's just it's kind of. Had Sony do it, I'd, I'd be saying the exact same thing. It's just, you know, the rich are getting richer, and I feel like there isn't enough investment at the bottom halves of a lot of these studios that turn out some great things. Yeah. And, yeah, and that is the, and that's a good point to make, is that, like, Sony has acquired fewer studios, but, I mean, my gut reaction in some of the studios that Sony's acquired with it being like, I mean, Insomniac, like, yeah, Insomniac's become big with Spider-Man. But they were, but I mean, at best for a number of years, like they were really just Ratchet and Clank developers. Like, I mean, they for a while were pretty like, I mean, they did an incredible job, but they were pretty like they were not naughty dog level kind of developers up until recently, at least in people's eyes. But acquiring them, acquiring Bluepoint with Blue like their ability huge. to, mm-hmm. you know, remake things, Housemark with mm-hmm. like Returnal and previously like they're like they are investing in studios. It feels like with that they feel have potential as opposed to the big juggernauts mm-hmm. and the locked. So, I mean, I agree. Like there is a I think there are probably m- multiple facets to everything, but I, I imagine and it was kind of my gut instinct whenever microsoft started buying everybody was like you know our internal studios are not putting out the caliper of games that are allowing like that are making people buy our consoles the way that they are sony's Mm -hmm. like we don't have a naughty dog we don't have like these developers we need to we need to buy the developers who are making these quality of games now and lock them in on our ecosystem. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, it definitely, it's always seemed like a response, like mm-hmm. a response to that where Xbox was kind of, you know, on the downturn for a long time. And even now, I mean, like game pass is great, but up until, you know, even still it's a thing where exclusives to Xbox, like up until very recently have not been, at least to me, very exciting. No, they still are. I mean, it's not anything that, um, I think I'm looking forward I'm, to Starfield November. Yeah. And now, I mean, as these happen, I mean, you know, will Overwatch 2 be on everything? Yeah. But then maybe Blizzard makes like their next big IP is Microsoft exclusive. You know, I mean, stuff like that starts happening. And then, yeah, it starts to switch over where they're they have big heavy hitters. And, you know, and I hope and also hope, too, that that doesn't take away because, I mean, they also ended up buying like Double Fine. Yep. Um, who made Psychonauts and, you know, they're a much smaller studio. Um, I hope that, you know, they don't get toys for Bob now who do yep, crash yep. and Spyro. Yep. And people are like, are they about to take PlayStation classics and originals and full yep. on? So I don't know. Again, yep. I don't think it's, it, it feels unnecessary and I don't think it's good for long term. Yeah. Um, it'll be, I mean, this this doesn't even like this whole acquisition doesn't even complete until 2023. So the it like whatever comes of it, yeah, whatever comes of it, if it goes through, I mean, which it probably will, but like um we're not gonna see for years. Um we'll be old men by then, Corey, and you know, we'll be we'll be screaming about it from our porches. In our rocking chairs. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it remains to be seen, Corey. I don't know. It's a, it's a wild world out there. Um, but yeah, Corey, this is, uh, this is an episode. Yeah. We had an episode. A good episode. We did one. Yes, we did. Look at us. 25. Yeah, 25. Corey, uh, next week, um, I think it, I think it's a good idea. We haven't, we haven't just... I haven't had just a kind of what you've been playing for a little while. Um, Arceus will, Arceus will be out. I'll probably play a little bit of that Mm -hmm. and I'll have some thoughts on it. And, um, you know, you now being done with like a dragon, like you'll have some thoughts over what you've been playing recently too. I think that's a, I think that's a good bet. So listeners enjoy listening to some ramblings and musings about, uh, from some old men on their porches about, uh, what's going on in their Mm -hmm. lives. Um, but Corey, in the meantime, uh, where can everybody find you on the internet? Um, they can find me over on uh, Instagram at, at hash slinging thrasher or on Twitter at state thrashy. But as always, follow our Twitter account, uh, arcade underscore cozy, for all the latest and greatest of cozy gaming. Um, yes, sir. And uh, you can also follow us at Arcade Cozy on Instagram. Um, you can follow me specifically at Four Point Pixel on Instagram, um, and you can follow us at uh, or follow me on Twitter at Swiss One Joe. Um, keep an eye out. Anybody who uh, follows me on Instagram specifically, uh, small plug. I will have something special to announce this week. And there will be something else that I can kind of plug um, next week. Um, keep an eye out. Uh, yes. Intrigue, intrigue. Uh, sh- sh- but uh, yeah, get excited about it. Also, too, um, want to plug 
Um, our intro music is by Johnny B. Good. He is uh, Johnny B. Good 89 on Instagram. And he, as of the time of this, rec- or as the, as we are recording this, he has a, he has an album coming out. Um, when you're listening to this, it should have just come out, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, so go check it out. I think, I think, don't quote me. I think it's called end of winter. Um, check him out on Instagram, kind of hear some of, some of those, but you should also be able to look him up on Spotify and whatever other platform and be able to find that. But, um, really good. Very, if you are a video game music fan, um, it's very retro inspired and it has a lot of those vibes and, um, you know, he's a, he's a great guy to listen to and, um, you will enjoy it. Yes. Um, but yeah, Corey, uh, this has been an episode. It's a great episode. As always, we are arcade cozy um and uh what do i usually say here Corey? what's what what's the tagline uh, life is hectic <laughs> why should your hobbies have to be too there you go all right everybody we did it bye-bye, Bye-bye. we love you. love you guys see you later yeah